Hello there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I'm going to assume that everyone else on this call clapped. Uh, my name is Zach, he, him, pronouns, and welcome to That D&D Podcast, where we are continuing our adventures in the Palladium universe. Palladium fantasy universe, I should specify. They have a lot of universes. Um, with me tonight are the usual cast, uh, and they can introduce themselves now. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Adam. Uh, he, him. Today I will be playing as Elamir, the mercenary half-elf longbowman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. I am Jonathan. He, him pronouns. And uh, I will be playing Fick Unterschlung, who is a troll witch. And if that makes any sense to you, I am so sorry. I tell it is too deep in your bones. Uh, and I'm Mike Jadarkson Berard, and he, him pronouns. I am playing air quotes Dr. Armstrong. Okay, when, when last we left our heroes, uh, they had thwarted an attempt to save the world. Um, <laughs> heroes in the loosest definition of the term. Oh, yes, absolutely. There are giant air quotes around here. I'd prefer the term protagonist. <laughs> protagonist, yes. Hero adjacent protagonist. Um, POV character. Yeah. Um, the, the ritual to sacrifice a godling, question mark, uh, to provide the magical energy to partially reseal a portal to somewhere else, the blind eternities or whatever it's called here. Uh, that contained the fragment, at least, of an, a greater old one, has been postponed in hopes that a more permanent solution can be found. More humane solution? A solution that didn't involve godling sacrifice, I guess. Yeah, like routine godling sacrifice. Like one godling, maybe. But... <laughs> the one time. Yeah, this is like... Crumple's own sort of godlings, right? Like, we don't... <laughs> this is our blade of godling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's built into the system. So, yeah. Uh, they... That was undone. Um, if you remember, so the... Ilsa, the granddaughter of Bertrand, who was also the mayor, Ilsa's the mayor, um... Got into the cache of stuff that was sent here for her grandfather that you brought into town. Has been looking through a book that is really chaotically written. Filled with all sorts of old glyphs and things. The inside is is written in all sorts of different directions and covered in diagrams and what appear to be glyphs and things of this nature that are very hard to discern at a glance. But she managed to make some sort of sense out of it and is looking at the uh, has been looking at the, the systems involved in something down there in that chamber that is not the portal to ice hell um that has apparently been damaged in some way probably vandalized uh the priest 
uh, Brother Istvan got very nervous about doing the ceremony fast enough to not get something bad done to him. Specifically him. Him. Um, and all this was resolved in carrying the insensate godling back to the church through the snow. And... Uh, Immediately, Ilsa went to her grandfather's store slash laboratory and has begun parsing the information in the book along with the materials that were brought. What are the three of you doing? Sorry, what, what was Ilsa doing once again? She is headed to... Am I cutting out for you guys? No, I just blanked. Okay, that's fine. Uh, the, she has taken the book and the rock shards that were collected, um, and the, some of the various materials that were brought on the donkey. And she's headed to her grandfather's workshop slash store, uh, and is apparently working directly at this point on those things. Uh, the priest and his assistants, uh, by the name of Enrica, they are, uh, they have taken the godling to the church and are making them comfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Istvan is still very twitchy. Very twitchy. If you guys want to stick with the priest, I can go with uh Ilsa. Yeah, that seems like a good idea. Yeah. Okay. So uh yeah, um you accompany Ilsa and she trudges through the snow. Um the snow has has not lessened. It's still pretty intense out here. If you remember, uh this is an unnatural very, very heavy snowfall that's falling on this on the village. And, but she makes her way across the the center of the village, which is strewn with wreckage and dead wolves and burnt objects and all the the remains of the various conflicts that have happened here today. And she walks directly over to her grandfather's store. Um, the door is still unlocked. She lets herself in. Uh, and she sort of leaves the door half open for you to follow. Accept the invitation and follow. Cool. Uh, yeah, she'll walk you through the store. She'll walk into the back. Uh, she doesn't really say much. She is uh, very focused on what she's doing. Uh, when she gets to the back, and you get to the back, you can see that this area back here, there's a fairly fairly large storage area behind this store. Obviously, it's where the goods usually go and that kind of thing. But there's a space carved out on one side for a that has a very solid and well-used looking bench, essentially. Like a, uh, a workbench at, at chest level running across one wall of this, this storage area, this warehouse area. And it is strewn with all sorts of strange objects, wild things, um, metal workings, gems, 
books that are left have been left open, some candles that have been burned all the way down to the nubs. Um, it is not neatly kept, but it is obviously very, very well used. Uh, there's there are some very intricate tools laying around. Uh, Ilsa puts the the package containing the tools that you brought to the village uh, on the workbench. Uh, opens the book that was given to her and begins comparing that text to other texts around. She obviously knows what she's looking for or has some idea what she's looking at and for, but there's something here that she doesn't know. Okay, I, I probably won't be too much help with her research. I guess if she needs help translating, I can okay. help her with that. Otherwise, I'll just keep an eye out, make sure nobody else is uh, approaching the shop or you know, lurking. Okay, okay, yeah, um... The village is pretty quiet. Nobody really wants to go out in the snow. Um, I will let you know if there's any sort of threatening presence. Are you like looking at the front door? Or are you standing in the back? Because this is in the back with the the workshop is in the back, sort of away from the door, the front door. Are you looking at the front door? Or are you standing in the back, looking out? What's the what's your position here? I'll probably be just going back and forth between the the front of the store and the back, okay. occasionally. Okay. Cool. Uh, then we will come back to you on that. Um, yeah, are the other two of you, are you uh, doing uh, anything specific? Are you keeping an eye on people? Are you... What is your your mode here? Hmm. I think I'm in godly protection duty. Okay. Like I just don't want anyone to decide they're going to kill the godling without, you know asking me first <laughs> yeah it the, the immediate impression you get is that uh that godling is not in any no one's trying to kill that godling unless it is for the purposes of closing that portal which would they would require being drugged back to the ritual site which if you'll recall is sort of down the valley in the snow okay so it's not really a walk anybody's looking to make right now um, the Isvan and, and Enrica are exchanging quiet words. Uh, Isvan does not look any more comfortable here than he was at the sacrifice site inside that, uh, under tree temple. Enrica looks sort of worried, like she doesn't understand what's going on. Um, and your guards, uh, that are accompanying you are actually taking up sort of defensive positions inside the church not overtly but just sort of positioning themselves throughout just in case so remember that they were not in favor of the sacrifice being made right um is there anything that you two want to do actively before i switch back to um the elf whose name i can't remember off the top of my head why am i so bad at this Elamir. For respect to Elamir. Sorry about that. Nah, I think I'm good. Think yeah. so. Okay. Alright, so time passes. This is uh, about as exciting as research gets, right? And that's what Ilsa is involved in pretty heavily. Uh, the sun was already getting kind of low. I believe it was actually, I believe it was evening before, right? We'd, we'd sort of transitioned through daytime 
into evening. And the moon starts to come up. Um, and it's at that point, uh, Elamir, that you, uh, keeping eye, keeping watch across the, the, the courtyard in front of the, the shops between the, you look sort of looking out towards across the courtyard towards the church. As the moon rises, it is a full moon and the sky is filled with snow it's not quite blizzard conditions constantly, but coming off that moon is a shaft of pure silver light, and with as much snow as in, is in the air and on the ground, it might as well be noon outside that store in that courtyard. That, that's very strange. It is very strange. Um, and... In that courtyard, walking towards you, is a figure in what looks like a traveling cloak, and he is—you don't know where he came from. He's suddenly in the courtyard, walking across, not quite directly from the church, like from an area a little the other side of the church walking towards you in the snow. He's very clearly walking in your direction. And he is silhouetted almost perfectly by this unusually intense moonlight. Is Ilsa still in the back doing whatever she's doing? Yes. Okay. Um, I think I want to go outside... I was just going to say something to Ilsa, you know, that there's there seems to be some something strange happening outside. I'm going to figure out what this is or who this is. Okay. Um, she acknowledges what you say. Um, she looks a little bit worried, but then is obviously engrossed in the thing that she's doing. Uh, mm -hmm. She has a very high level of focus on this. So, um, do you just walk out the front door? Do you try to sneak your way around the back? Are you, what are you doing? Um, I, this is just a, a, like a guy in a traveler's cloak. It's not like he's brandishing weapons or anything. He's no, he's not. There's no visible weaponry on him. There's no, uh, yeah. And he's just sort of walking. He he's walking through this like weird beam of light, weird beam of light in these very strange conditions. And he's doing so very calmly. I'd like to point out that I have no visible weapons. It's true. Well, you, don't you have the sword, though? I have a spear. Well, you guys have weapons you took off the the guy yeah, that I, got I, pulled, I, I take right? It back. I have visible weapons. Okay. Just wanted oh, to make sure. Boy. I wanted to make sure where those were. Uh, in, in fantasy parlance, someone without weapons is the biggest badass in the room. Just Yes. <laughs> yes. Um... But wait a minute, I don't carry weapons. It's true, you yeah. don't, and you are horrifyingly <laughs> powerful. Yes. Um, yeah, no, this guy's uh, lack of armament does not make him less threatening on any level. That's fine. That is a reasonable assumption. Yeah, I think for now I'm going to just head straight out to intercept, not let him into the, the building where Elsa is. 
Okay. Um, yeah, so you uh, clear the front doors, and there's like the short porch instead of stairs. And he's still walking towards you. He's about, oh, I'd say 15 yards out at this point. And as you hit the bottom of the stairs, he stops and stands motionless for a minute, for a split second at least. And you can't see any details under his hood except there's a pair of eyes glowing in it. His eyes... Very... Sorry? The very large... um, What are those little guys on Tatooine? Jawa. He's a very tall Jawa. He does kind of look like a tall Jawa. (laughs) He's, He's not. Spoilers. But... And you can see he's looking he's directly at you. He's making eye contact. But the way that everything is lit by the moon behind him, you can't make out any facial features. He hasn't shifted his stance. He doesn't look like he's going to draw a weapon or produce something like that. The only sense you get from him other than, you know, his appearance is that you are, you feel you, someone with no discernible, at least as far as we've covered so far, magical talent or experience with magic can feel that this person is magically dangerous. <laughs> do, you, do you need backup, Adam? Are you telling on the party line? Like, are you... If it's still up, yes. I, I would definitely have, like, brought this to mental attention. I didn't know if that um, ability was still in effect or if you needed to be able to see me to establish it if it wasn't anymore i don't even remember how long that lasts that's fine yeah you can you can make that call when 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 the call is made what are how is the what is the reaction i guess uh i mean the the meta joke would be rock paper scissors with (laughs) troll (laughs) thor Right, like, do you want this, or do I want this, or? Uh, I don't know. I don't think we need to chill here. I mean, go see what's up. Right, strong let's go together here. then. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the The church is a bit further from this whole thing that's going on, um, but I mean, ogre guy can probably make the distance up. O- ogre Thor can probably make the distance up pretty fast. Uh. But, so, as that's happening, and you guys, uh, I imagine you're moving towards the, the exit of the church, is in my head is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Outside with the elf, the, the figure stops. And do you stop as well? Yeah, I'll stop at the bottom step. You know, if the other guy stops, the other thing stops, and, you know, call out. Tail Traveler, is that frigid night to be out what brings you here there is a sound in your mind like if Darth Vader laughed but it's like directly into your mind and you guys can hear the other two of you can hear it too and there's a, a tick, and then there's a response. 
I'm here for the same reasons you are, mortal. I'm here to save my child. Oh. I'm glad we're on the same side. There's there's another <laughs> Vader laugh in your head. <laughs> I can only hear Jabba the Hutt. Oh, 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 oh. God, now we're suddenly playing Star Wars. Great. Um, everything is Star Wars. Everything is Star Wars. In my experience, mortal, alliances are temporary. We walk the same path for now. Um, Doc and Granny Goodkins, um, when you hit the the front door of the church, Doc, the sword that you were holding disappears. Oh, I'm not, like, holding... Why was I holding the sword? Well, the, the sword that you have confiscated. Okay. Yeah, we took it from the... the evil cultist guy you turned off. Yeah, the guy who got shut off and then pulled. <laughs> also, note, they're cultists because I said they were. That's really the only exception. And, like, I'm like, oh, those look like cultists. I mean, that's... <laughs> They follow some sort of organized cult, so... Well, I mean, their god just showed up, so, like, it feels like... Yeah, they're cults. <laughs> really, there's, like, two people in this entire... Well, I guess three now. <laughs> people in this entire entire scene that are not cultists. You brought you brought two of them. So. <laughs> I'm like... Ah, shit, I count, don't I? <laughs> you do, don't you? Yes. <laughs> so, um... It's all cultists. <laughs> uh, Elamir, uh from your perspective a sword appears in the hands in the grip of the figure in front of you it's a very shiny sword it contrasts directly with the rest of the visual right because you have like a, a bright white light coming from behind him uh he himself is almost entirely dark except for two lit up eyes, essentially. And in his hand now, there is a sword that is like the shiniest silver you've ever seen. And you recognize it. It's the same sword. It's the sword that, that was taken earlier. It just looks more impressive right now in this moment. He doesn't brandish it. He just holds it. And he... he it maintains the closest thing to eye contact you can manage when the eyes aren't like totally physical, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, I know that you are aiding in the birth of my child. I need you to know, Morho, that the birth of a god is a very painful process. And he holds... He, he it changes his grip on the sword to where he's holding it in both hands by the blade. And he sort of extends it in the air towards you and it begins to levitate flat, uh, parallel to the earth, blade pointed directly away from you 
What do you do? So this is a sword floating toward me? It's sort of very lightly drifting in your direction. It's still a little ways out. If you were going to like grab it right now, you would have to take a couple steps forward. I, you, you say the the birth of a god is a painful process. Painful for whom? There is another deep Vader Jabba laugh, right? Everyone involved. I was afraid you were going to say something like that. I would have you as my champion for as long as this takes. Will I, be... I, oh. Oh. No, go ahead. No, please, please interrupt the okay. god. That's fine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, will being your champion make this process less painful for others? If that is what you wish, yes. Then, then that is a burden I will take. And I will be your champion. Um, so the sword has floated into arm's reach now. Um, what are the other... You, the other two of you can hear this whole conversation. It's like, it's dominating the the brain line, right? <laughs> it's in the picture of, like, the village being like, what the fuck? Well, nobody else is out here right now. It's just the three of you and this guy. And the three of you are... Or two, two of you are a ways away. Granted... Granted, uh, Granny can cover distance pretty fast when she wants to. The sword is now nearing uh, the nearing Elamir, and the moon has somehow moved to further backlight this person. <laughs> It's, you're not exactly sure how that works at all. But from your view up at the church, you can see that there is a... It looks like the moon is cutting a swath through the weather for this person to stand in. And Elamir, you're noticing the like, you're getting snowed on less standing here right now. I, I will move forward to get to the sword. Or take up the sword. Um, yeah, you grab, you take the sword, uh, and it feels good to hold this sword. Like this is this, it feels strong, it feels powerful, and it feels because you're an elf, right? Or a half elf, or we we haven't decided what I, I elf technically, yeah. That is, yeah. Um, and there's something here that like resonates with you now. I remember there was something about you not being raised like you as we haven't really talked about how culturally elven you are, right? This yeah. is a sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we didn't really I wasn't raised too much in the fold. Okay. So this is not an elven god that you are familiar with directly. It's very clearly a god, and it feels that feels elven to you. But this is not a god that you recognize. Like this isn't like, oh, I got picked for Corellian's or you know, 
pantheon. Like this is this is something else, right? Um, but you can feel as soon as you take that sword, like something has changed, and there is a feeling of satisfaction that you get from this being in front of you. That D&D podcast is released under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Feel free to share with friends, but don't cut anything out and don't sell our work. Please visit us at thatdndpodcast.com or on Twitch or YouTube at That D&D Podcast. Intro music is Dark Matter by M33 Project and is available on the Free Music Archive. M33 Project can also be found on YouTube and Instagram. Outro music is Betrayed by Scott Holmes Music. This and other works by Scott Holmes Music can be found on the Free Music Archive, SoundCloud, or scottholmesmusic.com. The Palladium Fantasy RPG, written by Kevin Ciambietta, is owned and published by Palladium Books. All other copyrighted content is owned by its associated copyright holder. Mm-hmm.